Welcome to Gu Dao Jingxing, Walking the Timeless Way, a podcast that digs deeply into the ancient texts of Dao Te Jing to uncover its timeless wisdom and discuss how to apply it to today's chaotic world. I'm Ian Felton, practicing psychotherapist, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, executive coach, David Wong. Morning, David. Oh, good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you too. How are you feeling today? Uh, doing great. Just look forward to this uh, new and uh, very uh, timely, I would say, chapter. Yeah, when when I read chapter 77 this morning, just kind of reviewing and preparing, I was just astonished that you know we have this text that's more than a couple thousand years old and it you could pull it out of the out of the news the themes of you know the 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 rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer yes yes and also uh you know if you follow the recent uh, uh development in china i think uh there's a, a movement there toward share what they call the shared uh prosperity uh, you know, I remember in the uh, late 70s and the early 80s, you know, the slogan there was, let uh, some people get rich first. Mm. And it's similar to, you know, the trickle down economy in this mm. country. Uh, people believe that if some people get, you know, rich first, and then the benefits will <laughs> be c cascaded down to the lower level of the society. It didn't happen. Yeah, there's the last time I checked, there's still lots of people living on the street while others actually own rocket ships now and are taking people into to space. Exactly. So let's uh, dive into this. I, I can help, uh, you know, discussing even more with you and sharing with our listeners. Cool. Well, just uh, I'm going to just reorient anyone who maybe is joining us for the first time, kind of how we're doing the podcast, at least for right now, um, we really want people to be able to hear what Dao Te Jing sounds like spoken in Chinese. And so first we read the chapter. They're short chapters. It's just a, a minute or so to, to read and in Chinese. And then we do a, a translation, either our own or from some of our favorite authors and then we do a discussion. And so today, David, I believe it's it's your turn to do the reading if you'd like. I'd be happy to do that. Thanks for that. So what do you think today, just to do something a little bit 
different just to give people maybe a little bit of an idea of how the translations can vary a little bit. I actually have two of my favorites. One is from um, um, Lin Yutang, who you read from last week. And then I also have Red Pine, who's another one of my favorites. What do you think if I just actually read both of those translations today? That would be great. Okay, cool. So first I'm going to read... Um, Mean you tongue and and I don't I don't have the pinyin for that. Do you know the actual pronunciation of his name using using tones? Uh, second tone for his family name Ling. Yep. Yu, Yu uh, is the third tone. Okay. Ling Yu. Tang is the second tone. Okay. Ling Yu Tang. Ling Yu Tang. Yeah. Ling Yu Tang. Okay. So first I'm going to read. That translation, and this is an older translation um, from the 40s, the 1940s. The way of heaven is it not like the bending of a bow. The top comes down and the bottom end goes up. The length is shortened. The width is expanded. It's the way of heaven to take away from those that have too much and give to those that have not enough. Not so with man's way. He takes from those that have not and gives it as tribute to those that have too much. Who can have enough to spare to give to the entire world? Only the man of Tao. Therefore, the sage acts, but does not possess, accomplishes, but lays claim to no credit, because he has no wish to seem superior. And we'll get into just this amazing observation from thousands of years ago. But first, now I'm going to read the Red Pine translation just as a comparison. Mm -hmm. And, and Red Pine says, The way of heaven is like stringing a bow, pulling down the high, lifting up the low, shortening the long, lengthening the short. The way of heaven takes from the long and supplements the short. Unlike the way of humankind, which takes from the short and gives to the long, who can take the long and give it to the world? Only those who possess the way. Thus do sages not depend on what they develop or claim what they achieve. Thus they choose to hide their skill. So a little bit different in trans translation. The red pine a little more tries to be a little more poetic and couplety sounding. Mm -hmm. what, what was your reaction to hearing those two translations next to each other? Uh, I like the second one better. Hmm. And, uh, but I think the, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the core messages uh, came through for both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so those, those core messages, what's your, what's your initial take? Well, the way of heaven and the way of humans seem to be the opposite. That's the key, 
the the top line takeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, in how they manage, you know, the in access, you know, excesses and the deficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there's some obvious uh, examples of that, but what are some examples that come to mind for you? If if you think of maybe first give us a, an example of the way of heaven or a few examples of the way of heaven, maybe that just some common examples that would resonate with, with people and then maybe we can contrast that to some examples of the way of man. Mm-hmm. Well, if we are the observer of nature, you know, over a long period of time, you know, I remember watching some of the, you know, BBC documentaries in terms of the sort of the, the deep time, you see the, the change of landscape. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, the mountains, you know, become valleys, the oceans, you know, become, you know, land. You know, all these changes seem to reveal the, uh, the, the natural order of things. When something, you know, can brought low from high or high to low, mm-hmm. those are the examples that came to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the, um, the highest mountain peaks, you know, one, once the, the plates have settled, those high peaks begin getting pulled down by gravity until, you know, we can compare the Himalayans, for example, which are very um, newer mountains, or, or, or even the Sierra Nevadas, if we're just looking at the... Mm-hmm. United States, and then com- compare that to the Appalachian Mountains that are much, much older. And the Appalachian Mountains, of course, are much more rounded. They're almost, in many places, more like rolling hills than the steep mountains of the Himalayans or or um, the Sierra Nevadas. And that's just, that's the way of heaven and, and work. These very high points were smoothed and rounded and, and brought down low. Exactly, and then the on a annual basis, the the change of seasons, mm. I think, is also reveals that kind of a natural law. Like you know, we are getting to the 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 hottest weather, and then it cools down, right? So that is the you know, it's just gradually, like from mm-hmm. spring to summer, now to autumn to winter. So you see mm-hmm. the uh, the how would you say the, you know, go to one extreme and then regress back. Yeah. Yeah. All, all those peaks and, and troughs that are yeah, everywhere. Peaks and troughs. Yeah. And, and the light is the same way. You know, the, 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 the longest day of summer, the very next day, it's, it's, it's already waning. And, mm-hmm. you know, the darkest day of winter, the very next day, it's getting, brighter and so that that way of heaven is is everywhere in nature yeah so what about the way of of man i mean again just the if you ever needed an example of how people within civilization really have not changed at all um you know 2500 years ago roughly laozi is talking about this about how um the way of man 
takes from the poor and gives to the the rich you know how are you seeing this today well today is much more obvious because of the the internet the social media you know that transparency because we immediately we can uh, compare with people around us or even far away and see what kind of life they live so i think uh you know it's in the past it's more maybe more hidden but but it's about the same i would say uh but to, today you have a more magnified sense of the rich gets richer and poor gets poor and there's a phrase uh, many years ago i heard in the business world it's called the winners takes it all mm -hmm. yeah and and the same thing i remember the the game that we all played in in our during our childhood is the uh the monopoly right mm, yep. same thing and uh another thing that a verse from the bible and people later uh you know uh call it the the math the matthew's law or the mm. matthew's effect basically what's saying is to those who have much more will be given for them to them and mm -hmm. to those who have little and even more will be stripped away from them. So mm -hmm. what they call the Matthew's law, because it's from the Bible, uh, you know, Matthew's one of the book books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and of course we, um, know now that, you know, during coronavirus, when er, early on, when, businesses were shutting down and small businesses were being put out of business that the federal reserve was changing their policy and the 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 billionaires at the top ended up with hundreds of billions of more dollars we we know now that even these federal reserve people were trading the stocks that they were putting assets into using the the new debt that was being created and and obviously that's a perfect example of this way of man where right when the country is most desperate and going through hard times mm -hmm. the the rich are vacuuming up all of the wealth that they can and did mm -hmm. exactly exactly so that that's the world we are living in. And, uh, you know, it seems like the leaders in different parts of the world uh, are trying to address that. Uh, I don't know how, how effective it can be, uh, but uh, I think at least uh, I think leaders know that's a problem. Is it sincere? I mean, how how sincere do you think it is? I mean, I know, like, because we've been hearing about, well, I'm thinking of Greta Thunberg, who yesterday, there was an article about, she gave a talk and, and just basically talked about all the world leaders who have spoken out about climate change and all the things that we need to do. But her her take on it is just, it's just a bunch of empty words. I mean, the politicians go and grandstand to get some press coverage and make it seem like they care and that they do anything. But then, you know, once they leave the stage, it's just going to be back to business as usual and um, keep doing the way of man. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think sometimes it has maybe more to do with the the incentives to mm. behave uh, to behave in certain ways. Um, I think the politicians are not known for their sincerity because they work within the system that they are incentivized to behave in in certain ways. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as, but they also know if in, if these problems are not addressed meaningfully, you know, they are getting into more crisis. Yeah, and, they live on the same planet that, that us poor people do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, as we learned from other chapters of Dao De Jing, uh, I think the the way the 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 way the force of heaven will exert itself, right? Once you know, human mm -hmm. beings cannot get their act together. Yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about that. So we know that the way of man is not superior to the way of heaven. That the way of heaven, the way of Tao, is the superior force, and so the fact that the way of man is is so opposite to the way of heaven, how might the way of heaven work this problem out? How might it stretch that bow and, you know, change that divide? How What might that look like? Uh, perhaps, I, I think at two levels. One is at the human consciousness level. So in other words, when leaders and uh, the, the, the common people, they are much more and more aware of the severity of the problem in order to uh, preserve themselves, they need to do something. So that I also consider as a way of heaven. So by, you know, awakening people, to some extent, mm -hmm. of course, we know the human nature of people, and sometimes we are refused to be awakened, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like right now we're in a time where there's there's not a lot of awakenment, right? Like e even mm -hmm. like the problems on social media, mm -hmm. all the disinformation, mm -hmm. you know, COVID vaccines have microchips in them. Um, you know, just all of the, you know, just conf confusion in, in the world. Yeah. So, okay. So if that happens, then I think the second level of nature's way of operating is the problem are getting worse and worse and the pain are greater and greater until we turn around. If we don't mm -hmm. turn around, mm -hmm. then maybe there's uh, another direction of the evolution, which mm -hmm. is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I'm not sure human being, what's the human being's role, but nature is larger than human society, than human civilization. Yeah, the, the, the image that popped in my mind was when I was a little kid, we had a wood burning stove to heat the house. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're little and you haven't really experienced anything yet, one of the first hard lessons that I had to learn was touching that oh. wood burning stove because it's mm-hmm. it's right it was right in the middle of the room. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this was back in in the '70s, and so yeah. things were a lot different. And in West Virginia, where things are a lot different. Yeah. So, but that feeling of when your hand gets close to that metal, it starts getting hotter, but you keep kind of testing it. It's like, Oh, is it, is it really that hot and kind of keep doing what you're doing. And then eventually when your hand completely touches it and you feel like, Oh wow, that's really hot. And now I've actually really burned my skin. You immediately pull away and you actually don't have any control at that point. The The pain has become so intense that it's just this sudden um, change of direction. And that's what I thought of when you were talking about that, that mm. right now, this hyper capitalist, neoliberal, globalized system that is trying to extract infinite wealth out of the planet and the people and funneling it all to the people at the top. Yeah. We're, we're seeing like our our hand is still moving toward that catastrophe and it's feeling warm, but we actually haven't been suddenly and drastically burned yet. Um, You know, no, no major city has Mm -hmm. flooded, permanently. I mean, w- but we did see New York City get flooded this summer. We saw mm-hmm. the flooding in China. So it's it's like that hand is is really, really close to the stove now. Um, and we just need maybe a few more really big, awful things for that hand to jerk the other way. But right now we're going to keep, or at least the the system and the, the people that operated it are, haven't yet swung the other direction they're they're still moving their hand closer and closer to the hot stove yeah that's that's a great analogy when you're talking about this uh i've got another thought which is Mm. uh uh, i encounter a lot uh in the corporate world as an executive coach uh what i observe in a lot of companies is you know certain individuals they have an intuitive sense of what's coming in the market. For example, the threats, right? The threats from competitors mm-hmm. or disruptions uh, just out of nowhere, right? So the meetings I attended a lot of times, you know, people talked about this. I feel like there are two kinds of individuals. One is more, you know, fact-based, you know, basically they want to see the data to prove mm-hmm this danger is, you know, uh, near and clear, right? Clear Mm -hmm. danger, uh, clear and present danger. And uh, the other one is just use kind of a uh, connecting the dots and say, Mm -hmm. I see a pattern. More intuitive. Yeah, more intuitive. So you see these two kinds uh, debating with each other. So as you're talking about this, I sort of feel in our society, there are also kind of two forces. One is, you know, you can sense something is coming, but you cannot 
you know, until when it's coming, then you say you can point to the facts. Yes. But a lot of times when you do that, it's already too late. Mm, I think most of the human beings, I mean, just even look at those people who have vested interest uh, in the system. So Mm -hmm. they are the beneficiary of the system. Mm -hmm. So if you tell them, oh, uh, this is coming, sometimes they can be in denial. Just in the corporate world, they will say, oh, show me the data or show me. It's not, it's not there. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a book called Thinking Fast and Thinking Slow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and thinking fast is our intuition. Mm-hmm. Our intuition, our gut reaction, mm-hmm. our immediate kind of, um, we also call it procedural knowledge and psychotherapy. And basically, it, it's all of our internalized sense of the world. Yeah. And, and we don't have to stop and think slowly, which is, you know, analysis. It's our, you know, prefrontal cortex, our executive functioning. Yes. That part of our brain is obviously useful. It's useful for planning, strategizing, yeah. analysis, but it's slow. You have to stop. You have to um, be deliberate. So when you were talking about the two sides debating, there's there's a reason for that, and that's a good thing. I think that that can really benefit society. But if someone fires a, a gun and you can hear the bang of the gun and the consequences can be deadly, you, the sound of the gun going off needs to be enough information to use your thinking fast, your intuition to be like, a gun has gone off. I need to, I need to hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the person who stops to think slowly and wants to start analyzing, oh, well, you know, how, how far away can, can we tell how far away the gun Mm-hmm. was what direction it's going, like doing that kind of slow analysis, it's not appropriate at that time because by the time you even start thinking about it, if the bullet's heading your way, you're dead before you've been your analysis is complete. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So there's kind of this question right now. Is it appropriate for us to still be thinking slowly when it comes to the situation in the world, or should we really be following our intuition and, and our sense that, you know, something isn't right. Right. And, and if we don't do something quickly, that bullet might hit us. That's a great question. My sense is that we are all, you know, these two modes of thinking are all mixed up in the chaos of the world. I see, you know, two extremes. One extreme is like overreacting, you know, <laughs> yeah. right? overreacting and yeah. uh, making up the, the facts, you know, wolf crying, crying mm-hmm. wolf, right? Yes, yes. So you see lots of behaviors. 
And then you see also the other kind of behaviors is more like uh, using facts or lack of facts to rationalize, yep. to justify the status quo. Hmm. So that's that's those, what well put. Very yeah, well. Those put. are two kind of extremes. What we need is to recognize the value of both modes of thinking and collectively sort out where and when we use one type of thinking to come with a, a sheer sense of reality mm-hmm. and then do something about it. Mm-hmm. We never really like uh, sit down or even methodically like make a distinction between the two in our discussion. It's all mixed. You know, some people, one day people say, oh, you know, it's like this. Uh, it's like, um, um, you know, we need to do something. And, uh, you know, it's just we're five years away or 10 years away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and someday you say, oh, you just like live your life as if nothing is happening. Yeah. And and that's where the the polarization is, is that's the actual thing in in the way. Yep. Because as long as it's polarized, there's not that listening to all of the points of view. It's it's just ridicule. Oh, you, you don't see it the way that I do, so I'm going to ridicule you rather than like, oh, well, you know, this surely isn't a black and white situation. Mm-hmm. It's very nuanced and complex, so we should actually be taking in just like when Lao Tzu talks about being the ocean that allows all rivers to flow into it, that's exactly what he's talking about. That if you don't let all of the different points of view flow into the ocean, you can't have an ocean. And of course, we know that on this planet, it's, it's the ocean that sustains life. It's the, it's the ocean that sustains the ecosystem. I mean, that's what allows for there to be forests and an atmosphere and clouds and, and, and on and on and on. And so what the polarization keeps doing is preventing an ecosphere of, of thought and an atmosphere of collaborative Mm -hmm. vitality from forming. It's basically like polarization is us we keep it's it's ozone it's um aerosols that we're spraying in to the atmosphere and creating giant holes in the ozone so that all of our useful ways of collaborating communicating just keep getting destroyed just keep getting sucked out into space by this polarization yeah yeah i think you nail it here like a polarization kind of stands in the way of you know, trying to do something we just we talked a little bit earlier. You know, how do you mm-hmm. uh, how do you take into account both ways of thinking to maximize the our effectiveness in addressing these problems or seeing these problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How do we create an that kind of an an atmosphere? And and the problem is is that. The people, again, the the rich the rich people that we're talking about in this chapter, mm-hmm. that have all of the money and, and resources, they're 
they're using political polarization to try to get their way. And it's so stupid because what they don't recognize is that it's, it's that polarization that's actually preventing the solutions from arising, but they're so damn petty and so arrogant Mm -hmm. that they just keep doubling down on it. I mean, just keep plowing more and more money into these political campaigns that just create more hatred and enmity and using social media to create more polarization and enmity. Mm -hmm. And so like Lao Tzu has said over and over again, if you don't have sage leaders, you're, your country's screwed. Like it's going to bring it to ruin. And and that's what we're seeing. That's exactly what they're doing. But so the ultimate problem is that we don't have sage leaders. We have these people at the top who are not sage. Like they're the opposite. They're petty. They're arrogant. They're myopic, um, dogmatic. They're not willing to listen. And, And then they're using the political messaging as a weapon and dividing the country and now nothing is getting solved. Yeah. The, you're talking about these sage leaders. Sometimes I was wondering, you know, whether even if there were sage leaders, how would they personally survive in this kind of political dynamics? In other words, I see, for example, in the new administration, like say, uh, President Biden, uh, you know, some wisdom in mm-hmm. what he, the message is trying to convey. Mm-hmm. But the big problem is he is also part of that system. Mm-hmm. So how is he able to make adjustment, make the changes he see? I sort of feel like you know, even even if like I sort of feel like his heart is in the right place, mm-hmm. but his hands are tied by all the different forces. So he needs to weigh, you know, the pros and cons and where he stands in the whole thing. That's the dilemma he is seeing. Like mm-hmm. he obviously from the messaging, uh, uh, you know, from the messaging came in, coming out, you know, uh, build back better. You know, mm-hmm. and let's focus on, you know, tax the riches. Let's focus on the middle classes. It sounds like he's trying to act in some way according to the way of heaven in some way, right? To, mm-hmm. And, but I, and I was wondering, you know, how he will end up in yeah. this new, you know, the macro environment. Well, this is where I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a thought experiment. Let's pretend that suddenly the U.S. has the political system of of China and Biden is in President Xi's position. How how would Biden make his changes in that system? What would that look like? Well, he will ring in the the big business that's the big that's the hardest part because yep. i think those are two different ecosystems the chinese For system sure. uh because the chinese system always the state is at the helm yes. of everything 
while the business, you know, over the years, it's growing in power mm -hmm. to the extent nowadays the government see how U.S. is operating, mm -hmm. starts to, you know, to ring in the power of those business like Alibaba and, and yeah. the high tech companies and other, you know, different industry, especially the capital capitalists, because if just leaving them alone, you know, uh, I think there will be danger in China. So that's why they're trying to crack down. Uh, of course, in the Western media, it's seen as, uh, you know, pretty harsh. Yeah. But, you know, she and uh, the Chinese Communist Party sees the danger and and try yeah, that's that's the irony is that the the same people in the United States that, you know, complain about, um, you know, how how um, Amazon is is going and Facebook and and, and particularly Twitter, like they'll complain yeah. about tw Twitter and, you know, what's going on with these companies will be the same ones that talk about how awful it is that the Chinese government is actually putting limits on these companies so that they're not working against society. They're working more aligned with societal goals. Yeah. 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 So I think the, let's say getting back to your question is, uh, you know, first of all, you have to have, um, as a leader, you have to kind of act, you have to take into account, you know, the, the overall setup, right? I think, I feel, I feel like in the, uh, in the United States, the big business has always been powerful. I mean, it's one of the distinguishing characteristics of this system, even, you know, compared with Europe. I think the business, big business have more power. The market has more power in this country than the rest of the society, I would say. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Right. Oh, 100%. I mean, right. we're, we're economically right, which means the market has tons of freedom, but more socially authoritarian. So the government has a lot more control over how people behave individually, but mm -hmm. the market has very little limits. Maybe that's the trade-off, you know, like to uh, give people the, the, how would you say, to give the people the freedom to make money uh, and uh, at the same time, you know, you know, exercise the overall societal maybe control. I don't know. I, I feel like um, uh, the in the current system, um, you have to separate how the politicians are supported. You know, people have been talking about, you know, campaign financing, all kinds of political influence in some way. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, channel, because I think at the end of the day, just like maybe Elizabeth Warren and maybe some other progressives are saying, I think there's some truth in it that both Democrats and uh, and the Republicans 
you know, those uh, powerful politicians behind the scene, they are all influenced by the big business. Definitely. If they, if they don't have a shared view and say the country's interest is above those, although, you know, to recognize the value of the business, because no mm -hmm. one is saying that there's no place for the market, but mm -hmm. the market is too powerful. So somehow, I think the system needs to be uh, pivoted toward, you know, countries first. Yeah. And, and so, you know, just to kind of s summarize it or, or to ask a question with, with today's modern problems, what seems to be the, what do you feel is going to be a more successful um, government structure, the, the, the system of China or the system of the U.S. to solve the modern problems of today that largely have to do with incredibly powerful market forces and their effects on society and the planet? Mm, mm. That's a great question. I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, just, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I hate to get into the, the debate between, let's say, democracy, as Biden put it, yeah. uh, because I feel like that might be a false dichotomy, you know, mm -hmm. by pitting, let's say, democracy versus uh, mm -hmm. autocracy, right? Yeah. Like China's yeah. autocracy. Yeah. Because I, I feel like that labeling itself may constrain our thinking. Mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. rather take a step back and see, given the complexities, Mm -hmm. of the modern globalized issues and challenges, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of mechanism is required to create a, a more, create a more uh, partnership, a real partnership mm -hmm. among the different forces, including business yeah. and the governments. But we can assume that the market's not going to reform itself. Okay. Well, that is a, then that is an issue then. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think for create to create that partnership, there needs to be a like a mm -hmm. recognition of how we should work together as opposed to if the market feels like, oh, these politicians, at the end of the day, they are secretly, they're talking sweet talks, but they are, they are going to be pulled by the strings of the money, mm -hmm. then they will, obviously, they will feel powerful. Yeah. They won't see the politicians as their partners. No. You see, that's the problem. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It, it it it's not a partnership. It's it's ex, it's the same. It's it's exploitation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Exploitation in what sense? Like how, how do you? Well, the market for at least in the U.S., the market forces exploit the politicians, and then the the politicians ah. exploit the citizens. Ah, I see. I and see. so there's this chain. Or the market exploit the citizens too. You know, exactly. in, a, in a corporate world. Definitely. Right? Yeah. The market's exploiting everything. And because there's no real power in government, I mean, you know, 
it's kind of a charade that w- what's going on in Washington, right? Like, you know, nothing's getting done. We have real problems, but it's all this partisan bickering where, I mean, again, I'm not saying I, I want to live under an authoritarian. No government. one does. <laughs> no one does. Right. No one does. You know, but there again, it's like if it, if it was China and they wanted to do an infrastructure bill, they would all get together and talk about it. And then the president and working with the cabinet would come up with a plan and then it would start getting worked on. Yeah. The only problem with China is uh, there might be some, uh, you know, on the system level, you get things moving forward, right? Because there is a centralized power. Maybe uh, here and there uh, at the local level, uh, there's like miscalculation of the efficiency of for the, sure. Uh, you I know, mean, we saw that in the in the Great Leap Forward, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, the central planning. I think you cannot assume these people even at the top level, but at least there's enough of power to move the whole thing forward. Yeah. It's not perfect, but no. the thing is, in here, it seems like there's no ending. In there, there. In this type of world, it at least requires, um, you know, certain areas can wait, but certain area mm-hmm. it needs like a, you know, speed and move things yeah. forward. You have to adjust. You have to keep up with the changes. The changes. I think right now, you know, what I'm seeing is that, you know, if, if let's say the Biden administration is not, uh, you know, delivering as it promised, and then the other side will feel, oh, we get another chance. Yeah. So it's not for the country. It's more like say, oh, I will get my power back. Yep. That's sabotage the progress that needs to be made so that everyone gets pissed off and votes for us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the 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 that seems to uh that that kind of a calculation uh takes the an upper hand over, you know, what each party, what, no matter, you know, whether you are in power, Mm -hmm. what you can do for the country overall. Yeah. That's the hard, that's the hard part. Yeah. And, and somehow the, the, really the only fix would be, uh, you know, again, going back to like raising consciousness, people would have to decide, Hey, this party is the one that we feel is doing a better job, at least of conceptualizing the problems and and having a plan to deal with the problems and make sure that that party has enough people in office to where the other party can't block them. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think if that happens, that's a better scenario for the United States. The, mm-hmm. the worst case scenario I feel for the United States is uh, uh, this thing, what we are experiencing now is going on for a while and people are get desperate and then they elect a leader, which is like a fascist. Exactly. You see what I mean? Yes. Like, exactly. That person, no matter how crazy it is, like Hitler, I mean, mm-hmm. Trump is almost like a forerunner of that person that yeah. it's so hard to see whether that person is rational or not, whether he yeah. has the right frame of mind. I think that's the the worst thing that can happen to this country. Like 
you know, hopefully before that happens, we are smart enough to figure out to let one party, no matter what it is, to do something, not foot dragging, not trying to uh, stand in a way, as long as in the bigger picture of things, it's good for the country, not let's help them. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. I f- feel like it's so frustrating that, you know, that the Republicans, even the Democrats, I would say mm-hmm. two, two things. Within the Democratic Party, you know, some of the extreme part, they should all come together more in the middle and say, yes. okay, so that's the first thing within yes. the party. Uh, don't, don't, you know, maybe some things you desire, maybe in the long run, we can achieve mm-hmm. it. But don't mm-hmm. mix that with the immediate priorities. Okay. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, so, so come, coming together more toward the middle or even, I wouldn't say middle, middle. I would say mm-hmm. a little bit of progressive middle to make some meaningful changes. That's fine. But go mm-hmm. to, don't do, go too far away. Yeah, people want the social changes. Yes, they they just don't want um, these angry, mean spirited people shouting at them and yelling at them and telling them that they're terrible and you know dictating the way that they think. Like again, people don't want the authoritarian left because it's the authoritarian left that tends to be on that the far end of the progressive spectrum. And that's what turns people off from it because they don't want people telling them how to think and, and what to think and, and pushing them around. But people do want, I mean, everyone wants better health care, wants you know, a, a, a more balanced budget. It starts getting more complicated when it comes down to climate change and the environment because that's where there's it's a lot more contentious because of business yeah. but but yes if if the left the far left could quit shouting and and yelling and acting like jerks on twitter the, the left as a whole would make a lot more progress and 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 it actually is the far left people that are ruining it i mean they're ruining it for themselves because the progress that could be made isn't being made because of how bad these people act and how bad they make people feel. Exactly, exactly. So that part is within the, the, the Democratic Party. And then there's the problem of the Republicans. I don't think there's enough, uh, you know, well-reasoning, uh, rational Republicans, uh, you know, like who can really collaborate uh, they have enough of voice and forces uh, to collaborate with the Democrats, yeah. especially the middle part of the Democrats. I feel like now the whole news is still dominated by those far, far right. The yeah, the, the media is a big part of the problem because they know that if they publish stories about the outrageous right and the outrageous left Mm -hmm. that gets people's attention and they get ad revenue. But again, these are the fringes and the media distorts the perception of everyone and making it think that, you know, if you're on the left, you're a crazy person to a person on the right and vice versa. And that's just not true that most people, like you're saying, 
are more moderate. They're more grounded in reality. They're more, you know, cooperative, collaborative type of people. Um, but that's what's getting hidden by the media and social media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would like to uh, traditionally media is the conscience of society because they speak up, they speak to power. But now media is the, 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 its own business. Exactly. It's the power trying to make more power and more money and it's greed driven. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and that's where it's funny because, and I make this point to people that how, how, how many liberals will make fun of Trump talking about fake news, fake news, Trump weaponized it, but that actually used to be a, a platform of the left. When I was in college in the 90s and would was first learning a lot of you know liberal ideas and policies, it was the liberals who were constantly talking about, hey, look how dangerous this is, that there's only five media companies in the United States and that all of the local news has been bought up and how now, you know, real journalism is being destroyed because you have these huge media conglomerates that own everything and they're not serving the people anymore. They're serving themselves. I mean, that's what Democrats and leftists were, were, were drilling home all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what happened to that? I mean, now it's Mm -hmm. like, you do have all these people that are so-called liberals on CNN and, and, and CNN is a garbage media site. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it really is not good journalism. It's sensationalist. And it's like, yeah, Trump is right about that. He weaponized it. He's not sincere in what he's saying. I mean, he's, he's a way bigger fraud than fake news. Mm-hmm. But the point is he took a leftist position and weaponized it and, and made the right um, follow it and believe in it while still kind of like missing the whole point about like what the actual solution is. Yeah, that's true. So like if we come back to this chapter, like we're you know, talking about the way of heaven, uh, as you and I talked many times in the previous chapters, that way of heaven in essence is the law of moderation, yeah. correct? Right? Yes. You know, I think the Tao is not like saying, oh, we want everybody to be poor, right? We want the poor no. to be. It's like, basically, Tao is, you know, is that balancing act. Yes. It's to balance out. Uh, and I think the problem we are facing is that lack of either nature will assert its balancing act toward the end or we ourselves in society. You know, if we're looking at just the players we just talked about, media is not a balancing force, right? Media is the pulling apart, polarizing force. Business is a polarizing force. And the, you know, certain, you know, politicians, you know, group Mm -hmm. on the two Mm -hmm. sides are polarizing force. So that, where is that middle ground? You know, the articles or the uh, research you shared with me the, uh, a few weeks ago about that research, about uh, that ma- middle majority, mm-hmm. either 
they will find. I think that's the tricky part: is if they start to assert themselves, will they become another? I I I think I almost feel like by definition, they are the ones who are not like speaking as crazily as the two extremes.、Yeah. That's their nature. But the thing is, I feel like that that、uh, middle needs to find a way, constructive way. To bring things together, before、mm-hmm. nature can.、Mm-hmm. Well, we will watch and see, and and hope that that happens because、um, we we know what it looks like when when nature balances things out. Yeah, yeah. All right, David. Well, it looks like we've run out of time for today, so I'm glad we were able to meet. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in, and feel free to visit us on walkingthetimelessway.com, where we're encouraging people to sign up,、um, interact with us on our blog posts, and, and become members and、um, join us in our discussion.